You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Co-op Podcast, episode 215. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm doing good. How are you, Rich? Doing pretty good. Trying to uh, make sure I keep my allergies under control for this broadcast. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, I hope yeah. you succeed. Hey, yes, we, we had success yesterday, so yeah, should we should be good today. Um, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing okay. So apparently we're having some internet connections with me over here in my area. So if I sound a little staticky or a little bit messed up during the course of the show while I'm here, just bear with us because, again, it's a little bit annoying. We were trying to figure it out earlier. But apparently Google Hangouts needs a couple slaps in the faces. So hopefully we got to get over this or whatnot. But other than that, I've been good. I've been doing all right. I'm hanging around. Uh, got been pretty busy and got to be doing a bunch of other stuff for us very soon. So should be cool. Sounds good. And just as Mr. Lugo said, bear with the connection for a second. You know, some issues with Google fluctuating. We're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hello, everyone. Excited to talk about games. Woo! <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so just to give you all a disclaimer, we will not be joined by Mr. Max Muller this week. He's actually on a cruise somewhere in Alaska. So this guy is living it up. You know, he'll have plenty of stories to tell us next time uh, when he comes back on the show. But uh, we hope that he has a great time with his family on the trip. So uh, as for this week's show, uh, there wasn't really too much news that happened this week. But we still found a couple of stories that we felt definitely needed to be discussed. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we're going to obviously talk about what we have been playing. So uh, Dana, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? Yeah, I have Superhero 2, and so I've been playing some of the, the original Marvel Superhero. I had the opportunity to preview and play the second game a little bit. You have a preview coming up soon, but I, I was playing the original because I wanted to see how far it is, how much they compared, how does the two compare to each other. And so you can see a lot of big difference in joy, the original, but I'm very much looking forward to playing the full game. So I've been sticking around with the original, doing some of the humor and comedy, which is much needed right now in my life. Hey, it sounds good. Sounds good. Looking forward to the preview. Uh, I wish that I had an opportunity to play that game when I was at E3, but the Warner Brothers schedule that I had was so packed. Uh, didn't have an opportunity because I was on Shadow of War for damn near an hour. So um, it's all good, though. It's all good. Looking forward to the preview. Looking forward to checking out the game uh, when it comes out, I think, in September. But yeah. Uh, Gary, what have you been playing? Yeah, nothing new from me. Um, I didn't have as much time to play this week. Um, so it's just been the same two games. Um, of course, Overwatch and also uh, Persona 5. And um, I'm up to, like, uh, I believe, the fourth uh, major dungeon in that game now. 
Um, so yeah, I'm still enjoying that a lot. And yeah, I'm looking forward to um, the the upcoming Overwatch event that's coming out this week um, on Tuesday. And that's going to be the Summer Games Part 2, I guess, because they had Summer Games last year. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to that event in Overwatch um, and having some new stuff to unlock. Uh, but besides that, yeah, that's that's all I've been playing. So, sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, as for what I have been playing this week, uh, really only one game. Well, actually two. I played um, more Shadow of Mordor because, again, as I said last week, I'm trying to complete that game so I can get ready for Shadow of War. And we actually are going to be talking about Shadow of War in a little bit here. But, uh, yeah, just enjoying the game trying to take my time to try to get as many trophies as possible. Um, but yeah, it's a fun game uh, up to this point. I also started to play Tacoma last night. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, that is uh, Fulbright's new game. Um, the same guys that made uh, Gone Home. And they, from what I have played so far, you know, because I haven't really played that much, maybe only about an hour. Uh, you know, the game is not really meant to take a long amount of time. It is an adventure game, more of an exploration type of game. Similar to Gone Home, but it's just uh, that you're exploring a space station. So you uh, use an AR system to relive the people who were actually there before you, the space crew. And it basically gives you a backstory as to what happened with them, why they aren't there, that type of situation. Uh, there are some puzzles in there that I have noticed, certain things that I'm going to have to do. But I haven't really been able to really dive into that quite yet. I just wanted to explore and see what the game was about. I saw that it was getting pretty good reviews, pretty good feedback. So um, I'll definitely have more to say on the game next week because I will have more time to play with it. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all, all that I've been playing. Uh, Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Uh, like Gary, I haven't really been playing much. I've only been playing a few games here and there. Uh, one of the things I've been trying to do the last few days is actually try to get into the Final Fantasy 15 multiplayer Comrades beta. Uh, they've actually been having a lot of server issues for a lot of people that have been downloading the beta both on PlayStation 4 and on Xbox One. If you had the season pass, as well as the game itself, and you have Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus, you should be able to download it on the, the actual store or through their website and then be able to play it. But since either because so many people have been trying to do so or they just don't have the stable servers right now, uh, they've been going through a lot of connection issues and people have been trying to jump on it and have been able to do so, myself included. So I'm going to try again probably the next day or so to see if maybe I can get some impressions for us. That way me and Gary can talk about it on like a new turn base or something because I've been looking forward to this because I'm really curious to see how this multiplayer is going to be kind of implemented into Final Fantasy XV. But besides that, I've been playing just other games that have just been on and off. I actually went back to play some more Horizon Zero Dawn, kind of get a little bit further in that here and there. Uh, I played a little bit of Street Fighter V, just played some online matches, just goofing around. Same thing with Second 7. Nothing really too crazy. I played a little bit more Overwatch, not too much, and then I just left it at that. I'm going to get more games very soon, you know, stuff that I'm probably going to be posting reviews for probably in the next week or two. But uh, that's what I've been up to. Not really a whole lot happening right now. Yeah, hey, that sounds good. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, it's going to get very busy uh, here. It's starting this week. You know, you have Hellblade coming out. You have Batman coming out. And then a lot of other games coming out this month. So we're going to be very busy very, very soon. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start to jump into some of the topics that we have. First topic up has to do with Shadow of War. Now, uh, 
if you, now I will say this as a little bit of a backstory. You know that Warner Brothers normally releases a lot of their games. They have like a lot of different things, a lot of microtransactions in there, so on and so forth. So uh, Shadow of War, we found out this week that it is going to have loot boxes, um, and and I'm, I'm assuming that you can use this stuff to, as I guess this is their form form of currency. Um, but Gary, you you know a little bit more about what they were actually talking about with these loot boxes so feel free to let me know what what are the other details that emerged about this uh yeah so basically um yeah the, the purchable items that you'll be able to get are loot chests war chests xp boosts and bundles so i guess you know these are just different things that give you um an, an advantage in the game as you you know um take down all the the um the orcs and everything so i i just find it interesting that they're implementing such a thing you know into a game like shadow of war because i mean it's not exactly an online game um and you know this game kind of it it sells itself with the um the, the i forget the name of the system it has now um the what's the what do they call that the mechanic that um, allows you the, the orcs to remember you and everything nemesis system nemesis system there you go yeah the game sells itself with that so like you know I don't understand why Warner Brothers would put all this um, you know all the purchable items in there because it's something that's not needed and it was my main problem with the Batman games how they handled the Arkham games like they, it got confusing with all the the stuff that you could buy like pre-order bonuses and then you know dlc costumes and all that stuff like it just gets confusing and i think it turns people off more than anything um and a game like this really doesn't need it i think um there's probably better ways to provide extra content to people uh, you know you can you can sell dlc extra dlc content you know whether it's facing other bosses or you know unlocking some new parts of the story or you know just expanding on things that are in the game but you know to do this is kind of i I feel like personally it's kind of cheap and you know tacky for them to to add that to a game that doesn't need it um but what do you guys think i got something to say on this like and i think i have a reason why it's actually being implemented into this game is because not only do we have games like Overwatch, we have games like Destiny, we have games like Injustice 2, and one of the common things that they all have, with maybe the exception of Destiny 2 to an extent, is that they're all loot-based, or they have a very heavy emphasis on loot. And that becomes a very addictive thing amongst a lot of players. It is worked. It has literally been a reason why many people keep going back to specific games. And a lot of people are taking notice of that. A lot of different companies are noticing that this is what's going to increase the longevity of some of the games that they actually put out onto the market. And besides DLC, besides season passes, you really want to give more reasons that you can to keep people playing your game. So not only do they keep buying it, and it keeps making the MPV charts, but also it keeps having a lot of high activity with your game well after its initial release. So I feel like this is a trend we're not going to see the last of. I think it's going to start bleeding out into other games. This is just the start of it. I wouldn't be surprised if besides Shadow of War, maybe other games from Warner Brothers, if not other uh, specific types of uh, franchises that we know and love, start trying to implement something like this. Because it's a formula that works. It's a thing that keeps people playing. This is true. Hey, hey, uh, 
Very good points. Dana, you have anything to say on this particular subject? Um, yes. Um, basically, I kind of like the concept. I like the idea um, of the in-game currency. I think that I, I miss the days when you could just basically play a game and play a game without having to worry about, you know, different currencies and wasting a whole bunch of extra money for it. But I, I like it. It helps people get more immersed into the game. And they'll know whether or not it's something that they should include, you know, with further games down the line, depending on how much everybody purchased. And I think that right there for me, <clears throat> ooh, sorry, is a very telling factor. I don't have any problems with it. I like it. Um, yeah. Good points. Uh my my personal thought is, you know, this, this is a single player game, so obviously, um, I think the devs want to find multiple ways to try and get more money out of the experience. Because after somebody plays through the single player campaign, there may not be anything else left for them to do. So that is my guess as to why they have certain you know this stuff in there. Now, obviously, the main thing that I think if it, if it is optional where the player has an option whether or not they actually want to purchase this stuff, then I think it's fine. But if they was to force people to buy it, then that's when I have a problem uh, with the whole situation. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I think uh, I, I still need to, I still want to find out more information about exactly what it is that is, you know, maybe they'll have a video that they will release closer to launch that talks in more detail about what all these loot boxes and stuff is. Um, because I think the main thing is you, you need to see the value of of this type of stuff. Um, so I don't really see the value. I think you're just giving players an option for those that are interested right now. But uh, obviously, if it's an option, then it's fine. But when it is forced, that's when it's the issue. Um, but that's just my thoughts. Right, but I, they, they can they can do things like help you know with training, and there's the costume thing. And there's weapons and it's able to, to level up. If you, my thing is this, if you, even if it's single player, if you're really invested in a game, there's some people who just doesn't care. They will go and, and go and have the loot boxes because they're really invested in it. And they want that level up and they want those certain costumes and they want that certain feature that's, you know, being added to the game or however they design, they decide to design this. So if you are passionate about this, I don't really see a problem. And like you were saying before, this is optional. So it's not like, you know, you're forcing somebody who says, oh, it's all right game. Then you have to force them to have all these purchases. So for me, I like it. It's automatically knowing who your fan base is. And there is a group who loves these, who loves this game and they want to partake in that. So for me, it's perfectly fine. I like the idea. It helps you become more immersed into the culture. And at the same time, the company gets more money out of you. So it's a win-win situation. Just make sure that it's stuff that it's not completely nonsensical or throw away. Make sure it's something that's really great. That's the only thing that I would want. It's something that this is like, oh my gosh, I need this now. Look at how, how better it makes me in this game. As opposed to, this is nice, I don't really need it. Don't have throwaway things. These yeah. do seem like throwaways to me, personally. Well, hey, 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 well, <laughs> I mean, it. Wonder Woman is 
trash is another person's treasure. <laughs> you know, we'll just yeah. see how well it goes. Hey, 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 you know what? You're you're right. You're right. You're right, Dana. Because I I can't even like complain too much because I buy Overwatch loot boxes, so I can't complain. There you go. So you're right. We all have things that we really love that you know I may give us the side eye by somebody else. It's all games that we love. You know, we love to play that other people may look at us and be like, well, "Ill, why?" So for that community who's like who wants that, it works. So don't knock everyone's trash. Oh yeah, no, absolutely not. But I, I will say this, you know, the very, very good uh, pun there, Dana, about it being a treasure because it is loot boxes, you know. So yeah, that makes sense. It literally is is supposed to be a treasure. Um, it makes sense. Get it? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really does make sense. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, well, I'll just I'll just finish off with this because I don't know if you guys have any, anything else you want to say on this topic. But I'll just say, you know, I've you know, I did get a chance to play the game at E3, and as I said, the, the game is fantastic, but it's very difficult for way you know for the way that I remember it. And so, if some of this stuff does help in those regards, that that's good, you know. But man, it, it, I, I got I got my ass whooped when I played through that demo, and I didn't even finish the demo because they had to shut everything down because E3 was closing, and that was the last appointment that I had. So, if, if it helps some people, it's great. Um, Adds more value to the game. That's great, um, but yeah, that, that's all I was gonna say on it. So, uh, any other thoughts before we move on to uh, the next topic? No, just don't be no, no, for me. You know, crashing and useless. Okay, Gary, uh, I'm gonna throw this. We'll say what? I was just saying, like, just make sure it's creative. Whatever it is that they're what? providing, be creative. Well, hey, it's Warner Brothers. Maybe they'll throw in some uh, Batman and some uh, Injustice uh, stuff in there also. You know, so Warner Brothers. Cut from Justice League. Or maybe if we're lucky, <laughs> they'll just get the actual Josh Whedon Justice League version. Oh, no, well, I, I think. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think they're more likely to put Scorpion in there since they like putting him in games. Could be, could be, could be. We'll, we'll see, we'll see. All right, um, Gary, I'm going to throw this next topic to you because uh, I see that Victor in the chat wanted us to talk about this. You know a little bit more about this because I saw when the news happened, you were very excited online. Uh, I saw you send out multiple tweets. You retweeted the uh, news multiple times also. So let us know uh, what is going on with Sony in the recent acquisition that they made this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw this to JJ in a sec as well. But yeah, basically, Sony um, is acquiring Funimation. And I'm very excited because, you know, Funimation, they do, they handle the Dragon Ball Z dubs and everything, the Dragon Ball Super, and a lot of other anime as well. So I think this could be a great, like, this could be a big deal if they, you know, incorporate it into PlayStation. Now, we know that a lot of gamers are also fans of anime, so it makes perfect sense to, you know, have um, Funimation available on the PS4, and maybe they can even, you know, um, combine the subscription into PlayStation Plus. Like, that would be amazing if if that could happen. But, JJ, um, Victor did ask you about this, so, you know, I'm going um, gonna to hand it over to you and you know, let us know your thoughts on it. 
Yeah, so I don't think there's going to be a lot that comes out of this in the immediate future. I think that it's cool. They have a majority stake after paying, I think it's $150 million for 95% of majority stake in Funimation. That's being acquired by Sony Pictures Television. That's not necessarily the PlayStation division of Sony completely okay now granted sony's a huge company besides the stuff that they got going on with the gaming industry and the playstation department they also have stuff in movies sony pictures entertainment or sony uh what was it sony pictures uh television like this one is as well as everything else now will there be some cross uh, promotion or cross pollination between the different parts of sony uh different departments or at least relationships between the different aspects of it including gaming possibly i'm with you that i could totally see a funimation app on playstation 4 i think that'll be dope keep in mind they have a lot of big name anime that they can actually stream uh for people that have some sort of subscription if not a playstation plus subscription including dragon ball z including cowboy bebop and the list goes on from all the different anime shows you've probably seen on like cartoon network or Crunchyroll or any of these other places that have been aired here in the united states that have come from japan now does this mean we're going to get any sort of like big name games or we're going to get any sort of big name series that gets newly developed from this deal? I don't think so. I think that there's a lot more other stuff that's got to be figured out. And there's a lot more other things going on behind the scenes than just the majority stake that Sony Pictures is getting uh, in Funimation. It could also be another thing kind of like what Disney has with Marvel where they still their own most of the stuff that's going on with them, or at least they, they own them as a company, but they don't really do much with it. They kind of let it still be kind of like autonomous, and they still do whatever there is that they're going to do with their own subscriptions, with their own licensing, and their own dubs, etc. Who knows? I mean, they've only said that they have a very bright future with it. I'm hoping that we get something cool out of it. It'd be interesting to see if we get even more stuff involved in Dragon Ball Z or any of the other big name shows that we've seen dubbed or, again, streamed and brought here to the United States from Japan by Funimation. If not, finally kind of have the resources available to tackle other bigger projects that people have wanted to do so for a time. Like I said, I don't think we're going to be getting movies out of this. I don't think we're going to be getting any big name games out of this just yet. But who knows? So it seems like a cool thing that could happen down the line. Yeah, I agree that, um, the, like, if this, you know, does happen it probably like we probably won't see any immediate you know change in funimation or you know we probably won't see it brought to playstation like instantly like the next day or anything like we're probably gonna have to wait a while to see what the true effect of this transition is going to be but um it is exciting though to think of the future and the things that they could do with with funimation in, in terms of you know playstation as well but yeah very good points. I, I do have two questions I want to ask. But first, uh, Dana, did you have any thoughts on this uh, acquisition? This is all very exciting. So I hope I don't expect this to happen within the next probably till 2020. Like we'll start seeing actually new different productions and stuff. But this is very exciting news. I'm very happy for it. I'm looking forward to it. So yay! Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's what I have to ask. Two very simple questions. First and foremost, uh, why didn't something like this happen sooner? I feel like, you know, Sony has some third-party games are exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, why would, wouldn't they try to make this acquisition sooner than, 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 than now? I got a good answer for that. 
Like, okay. I don't want to answer for that because these types of deals, one, they take time. And also, regardless of the exclusive games or the third-party games or even the Japanese-oriented uh, games that they have on the platform that are based off of anime, possibly anime-based on Funimation properties, those are totally two different departments. Those are totally different licenses. Those are totally different people, business people, that handle all these different things. Remember, this is Sony Pictures Television. This is not necessarily Sony PlayStation proper. So it could be a million different things that are going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about yet and why this is only moving at whatever pace it's going to move and why we're only hearing about this now. Now, oh, at the same time, you're going to see the same thing with whatever comes out of this, whatever announcements that happen post-acquisition uh, for them. So, I don't, again, it's not going to be immediate. Whatever we get out of this or whatever uh, ends up changing Funimation for the better, because it looks like it might, uh, we're not going to get like anytime soon. Okay, so see, you just answered my question. The, also, the second question I was going to ask, so I don't need to ask that question now. Um, yeah, so okay, that, that's a good, that's a very good, very good points all around. Um, Gary, did you want to respond to that question also, or you think JJ summed it up? Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with JJ. I, I have nothing else to add to that. Okay, so we'll, we'll see where all of this goes. Um I think it's great for Sony and for those who are fans of anime also. Uh, it's, it's this, this is a big deal, you know, because now they will have that programming on there also in addition to the games. So uh, I don't really know what it means for, you know, in, in terms of the, you know, gaming stuff. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's good. It's another, another reason to, you know, be on your PlayStation 4, uh, give you more, more, more ways to use it. So I think it's, it's good for everybody who is a fan of anime. No, no doubt about that. So, uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I did see Victor mention Crunchyroll, and um, I, I think if this move were to be made, and some of the things we talked about came to fruition, um, it would definitely um, put Funimation in a better position to compete with Crunchyroll because right now Crunchyroll is kind of seem like it's kind of treated like the default um app you know for, for to watch anime on and subscribe to and everything it's like the netflix for anime pretty much um but funimation also has you know a subscription uh model so i feel like if if this move does um happen the way we want it to then you know funimation could be like a, a, it, they could end up being a huge competitor for for crunchyroll i think so it'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, with Crunchyroll and how it would affect them. Sounds but good. that's all I got to say. Yeah, no, I so, agree. So, 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 sounds good. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, the, the future looks bright. I, I, my one thing is I hope they don't try to become like um, direct co- competition for Crunchyroll because sometimes that can also fail. That's so pretty much what they are, though, if you think about it. That's what they pretty much are, because uh, with Crunchyroll, like Gary said, they are the default uh, streaming service for any sort of anime. And the reason being is because they get their stuff immediately in Japan, from Japan, right after it airs in Japan. Like, you immediately can watch it on Crunchyroll, like, not even an hour after it finishes. It's like 20 minutes or something. The point is, is that they have a huge backlog. The other thing that they, Crunchyroll doesn't have, though, is some of those licenses, at least from my understanding, for some of those shows that Funimation has. So that's how they could compete when you have the ability to stream a lot of those big-name 
uh, franchises or big name uh, series or anything of the sort of those movies like that, that's how they could compete with it. Now, does this also mean that maybe this could also open up the door or at least make them in a better position to kind of get other anime series that haven't been licensed out here in the United States here from Japan? That is also possible. I think that's where more where a lot of the positives could come from this. Not necessarily in all the other things that we mentioned or even competing with Crunchyroll themselves. It just opens up the door for them to dub more anime to maybe license more anime and provide it here for other people to watch like that. Yeah, so as I was saying, um, I hope they don't worry about any type of competition. Just focus on, you know, getting those deals and putting out great content and the fans will come. They're here. They're waiting. Yes, they are waiting. They are waiting. <laughs> all right, so we'll see where all this goes. But yeah, good good news for Sony. So we have to give them a round of applause on that one. Um, so uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Oh, no, you can move on now, I think. Okay, uh, so uh, I want to start this topic off by, first and foremost, I have to acknowledge this because this is... I don't really think this is necessarily related to the main topic, but I, I definitely want to say this because I think it's important. Want to give my condolences to Bioware because they had the uh, one of the lead, well, the lead gameplay designer, Corey Gaspar, passed away this past week. Uh, he was the lead gameplay designer for Anthem, and he's worked on a whole bunch of other games. Um, as of right now, there has been no cause of death uh, that has actually been put out there. But uh, I didn't know that they did raise some money for his family. So glad that that has happened, but still a very tragic, uh, something that really can't be explained. So I wanted to send my condolences to Bioware for that, first and foremost. Um, this guy has worked on everything. He's worked on Mass Effect, he's worked on Dragon Age. So, and only 40 years old, you know, he's not too much older than most of us in this room, but I'm not going to talk about how old we actually are. Um, but yeah, I want to give my condolences. And now to jump to, we'll say what? Go, go ahead, Gary. What were you saying? Oh no, I was just saying sad news and uh, send my condolences also. Yeah, I think everybody here on staff, we definitely give our condolences to Bioware. You know, I know we criticize Mass Spec Andromeda, but I mean, he didn't work on that game, so it's it's all right. But uh, still, um, definitely send out our condolences because it definitely came out of nowhere when that news dropped. So uh, now to jump to the topic of Bioware, we found out this week that uh, due to the reception of Mass Effect Andromeda, they are now merging with uh, Motive, which is the other studio, Jade Raymond Studio, which is actually working on the story content for uh, the upcoming Star Wars Battlefront 2 game. So uh, I guess I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this particular merger and whether or not you think this is good for EA and Bioware moving forward. Yeah, um, the way the article describes it, it's like um, EA was kind of upset with the poor reception of uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. So, you know, they kind of decided to downsize that team and, you know, have them merge with Jade Raymond's team, who is also working on that. They're working on the the story content for Battlefront and also they're they're helping develop um, the the other Star Wars game with um, Amy Hennig as well. So, at least, you know, I think on the good side, the people who, you know, the people from the Andromeda team, at least 
they they they're keeping their jobs and they're going to be able to work on you know other games and like other high profile games as well um so i guess that's good in a sense um but it is sad that andromeda you know didn't it, it didn't turn out to be what we wanted and um they kind of dropped the ball with it because there were some good ideas with andromeda but um in the end it just you know it couldn't hold up to what we expect from mass effect um unfortunately so yeah it seems like this is ea's way of kind of um you know just keeping them like they i guess they don't want to get rid of the whole team or anything or fire them um this is ea's way of keeping them but you know um unfortunately they won't be working on any more mass effect it seems um and because i think they had like content planned as well like dlc and stuff for andromeda but they've completely scrapped all of that now because of the poor reception so yeah i guess ea is kind of salty about that but uh, yeah what do you guys think well uh dana you got a chance to play mass effect andromeda and you enjoyed it right so tell us what you think of this news <laughs> you you're very very funny man i like you oh that game was horrible <laughs> this is great no d- uh, yeah no if you have a bad game and you have a bad reception and you kind of secretly kind of already know it's crap then i'm all for this downsizing so um hopefully fingers crossed this will you know end up creating better quality material and games out there so i'm all for this merger and i'm all for this downsize a thousand percent yeah uh one one point that i want to make and then i'll let mr lugo chime in um yeah anytime that you can make a downsize but it doesn't affect people's jobs i think that's a good thing uh you know i know they could have easily laid off a lot of people that worked on that other game but from, at least for what we have seen. So, if you need to go, please let them go. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I mean, I just think uh, honestly, I think Andromeda needed more time. I think EA said, "Well, we're going to hurry up, and we we have a deadline we have already set, so we need to stick to that. We can't delay this game, push it out any further." And that's so unfortunate, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, that, that's a good joke, Gary. And uh, needed a trash can. Not more time, a trash can. Oh no, I, I mean, I, I think uh, if they would have gave it more time, it, it, they could have fixed a lot of things. Um, but I, I just by would've... just burning it down and starting again. Oh well. <laughs> hey, well, no. Gary, Gary said he still enjoyed the game, even though it had its shortcomings. Um, Gary's no, well. So, oh well. Uh, well, go ahead, go ahead, Gary. Yeah, all, all the all the all the British people are mad at you right now. So uh, <laughs> I love all the people. Just Gary, he's he's fun. No, no. Um, I mean, uh, like the first ten hours or so, like I was enjoying it, like legit. But after that, it just became tedious. The writing was like really cheesy, um, and it just fell apart, you know. After that, um, so. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it seemed like it was going to be decent, you know. Um, and they did have g- good ideas. Uh, I'll say that. They had great ideas. The game looked good for the most part. It's just, you know, it just kind of fell apart. The writing wasn't as strong as what we expected. And, you know, it's unfortunate. 
but um you know i i enjoyed it for 10 hours but like out of the 60 hours i played it you know just 10 hours of enjoyment like that says a lot <laughs> yeah yeah it definitely says a lot but no there's a quick point that i was going to make is that you know if the, the merger the merger i think it, i think i think it's good for ea i think that motive is going to get a lot of praise for star wars battlefront 2 because Everything I'm hearing about the campaign for that sounds fantastic. And I think that after they do that, then a lot of people will look at them a little bit deeper into what they're doing. I think they can definitely help Bioware moving forward in, uh, you know, whatever these other projects are. Now, I don't know if they're going to have an impact on Anthem. I'm, uh, my assumption is maybe the next Dragon Age or whatever else they're working on, because there were rumors that they're working on another Dragon Age game. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, th- I think it will be good for the studio moving forward. Uh, but uh, Mr. Lugo, did you have any thoughts you want to share? I think this is probably the best way that it probably could have ended, at least, or at least it could have gone. Because if you read about a lot of the stuff that had been going on behind the scenes, I know Jason Shire at Kotaku had a real good story. And he got where he spoke to a lot of people that were over there on the dev team in the hecticness of everything that was going on with Mass Effect and Drama. And it sounds like it really sucked, you know, granted, all the things, the way that they turned out, you know, it was a combination of a lot of bad factors just being mixed together. It's never good hearing whenever a studio kind of goes down or at least gets merged or people get transferred over because no matter what it still affects people's jobs it still affects people's well-being it still affects people's uh means of living and even though they went over to to jade uh was it to jade uh raven's uh studio so that's pretty cool that's good but i'm pretty sure it's like a lot of those people still wanted to work on that stuff. i'm pretty sure a lot of those people still loved working on that stuff despite all the craziness that was happening. I don't think this is like a detrimental thing. I, like I said, I think this is the best that it probably could have ended, or at least it could have gone. Uh, it's better than dropping the entire studio and everybody being out of work. I will say that it's a much better option than that. So who knows? Maybe Mass Effect gets shelved for a while. Like I think they've been open about that, that, that they might be shelving the franchise for a little bit, and then they come back sometime later on, maybe with a, a fresh group of people, a fresh mindset, and maybe we'll get a, a much better Mass Effect experience than what we got with that drama. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe about another five to six years, then they'll bring it back. And who knows what could happen for the future of the series? But uh, I, I will still go ahead with uh, Gary's bet that he made a while ago that uh, they will bring back uh, Commander Shepard in the next one. <laughs> yeah, and then that will convince people. Hey, maybe I need to in the Mass Effect again. <laughs> ah, well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty much I, I agree with what everyone had to say. It's good for, for EA, well, for Bioware. I hope EA, the, the lesson I want EA to learn in, in this particular thing is uh, they have to be a little more strategic in there when they start to think about some of this stuff because I'll go back to Titanfall 2 and the fact that they said, well, yeah, we're going to release this the same month as Battlefield 1. Uh, and then as a result of that, you know, we saw Titanfall 2 didn't really sell as well as they wanted. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is a good decision to do this merger here. So I'm hoping that they make more good decisions in the future regarding their games. But uh, we'll see what happens. But um, any other thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I do have a what if question. So if Andromeda came out, and everybody loved it it was an excellent game like you know amazing you know we all loved it 10 out of 10 everything like 
do you guys think EA would have made that team the permanent developers of Mass Effect moving forward? No, I don't think so. I think he would have gotten DLCs from them. Maybe he would have probably had a couple more mix-ups and they would have been working on the next game. I don't know if they would have been the, the permanent uh, fixture then at that point. I don't think it's really fair or really you're able to say that where anybody is. But who knows? If, it, if it's a what-if, I think that obviously they would be getting merged with another studio. I agree 100% with that because, to me, when EA made the decision to put the other Bioware team on Anthem, they already knew, well, this is the A team, so we need to put them on this new project. You know, we'll give this Mass Effect Andromeda tool the B team and see how they do. But there's no way that that B team would have ever replaced the A team because everyone who played Mass Effect Andromeda, all they would talk about is, man, the previous trilogy was so great. It was so awesome. And that was because the other team worked on that game. So EA knew what they made when they made that decision to put that team on Anthem. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew that that was the best talent from Bioware. Not to say that the B team is bad. Obviously, they need to learn a little bit more from the A team. But I, there's no way that I think that they would have that would have ever replaced uh, the original trilogy in a lot of people's uh, minds. Uh, how about Dana? You have any thoughts, Dana? positive about it if, 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 if um i think that I, um you know we, we just wanted a more downloadable content if it was actually good uh this merger wouldn't, wouldn't exactly be something we would be cheering not me i would be slightly worried i previously said no one is losing their job so i would really i wouldn't look at it as any other is like anything major or different i would just want more downloadable content but that's a fantasy world and in reality the game is crap so this is a good thing i i, I mean i just think uh when, when we first heard about mass record drumming and we heard all the stuff that was getting removed that was a bit of a, re a red flag to some people um so it's yeah it's unfortunate it's it's in the past now uh, glad to see people still have some, you know, are still able to work because, you know, that's important. I don't like to see anyone lose their jobs. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens for the future. But the motive is good. I think they're going to get a lot of attention because I really think that that Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, that's my guess. And that will probably be talked about a lot this fall when it comes out. But we'll see what happens with motive. And I'm glad to hear that they will be helping Bioware in the future. But uh, now, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Not from me. Okay. So uh, this next topic, uh, something that I think, uh, Gary, I'm very curious to hear all of you, your, you, you guys' opinion on it. But also, Gary, since he is primarily a PC gamer, uh, Take-Two released a statement this week, said that the, the PC market is very important to them. But at the same time, they are not going to make any commitments to making Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC. So uh, what are your initial thoughts when you heard this news, Gary? Um, I mean, it like it's really weird to hear them like praise PC and then just be like, oh, we have no plans to, to, to release one of our you know, top games on PC, unfortunately. So it's, it's, it's really weird. 
um, to, to hear them like praise it so much, but then not bring out the game. And they know, like, it's weird because they're, they're acting like there isn't an audience there or there isn't enough people on PC that want to play the game, but there clearly is because people were asking for the first game for years, like literally years. And, you know, we didn't get it. And GTA has a huge community on the PC as well, especially with the modding community and everything. So it's going to do well if it comes to the PC. So I'm not sure, you know, what the holdup is or why they choose not to uh, bring out the game on PC. Now, I can understand this if, you know, if they maybe they are planning to bring it to PC eventually. Because what they do with GTA usually is bring it out on console first, and then you have to wait like a year or so for the PC version. So it could be a case of they're doing that, and it's too early to announce that it's coming to PC. Um, so you know maybe there is a surprise incoming, and they actually are planning to bring it to PC. But if they're just deliberately not bringing out Red Dead on PC, it is a little strange. I mean, I know my I know. Uh, I know Rockstar does make enough money from consoles alone. Like I, I know that because you know GTA continues to sell. You know m- m- every month it's still on the MPDs. And I saw a report earlier this week that says like they made a lot of money this year on GTA Online alone, like just from people playing that. So they make a lot of money and i guess you know they don't need to put it on pc but they are missing out on a lot a lot of extra money by putting it on pc so i don't know i like it's really take to a really weird um with that and i'm not sure what their angle is for that i'm not sure what their reason reason is for not putting the game on pc yeah uh so let me just say some quick thoughts on this. Um, I personally think that I, I mean, I don't have a problem with what they said. I think that they are in a situation where they don't want to get people's expectations up for a PC version. So they're not going to commit to that until they know for sure that they have it locked down. I still do think that we'll get a PC version of Red Dead 2 um, because I'm pretty sure they know people have been asking. And, and, and if you ask me why we still haven't gotten a PC version of the original Red Dead, this is a question that they need to answer. Um, but obviously, I, I think right now, they want the developers to focus on the console versions because those are the versions that are announced. Um, then they can revisit this for PC afterwards. But I think it's a smart decision to just say that they're committed to it, but you know they're not going to make any promises yet because you don't want to tell people you're going to release a PC version and then you get them up in arms protesting online, all this other stuff about where's the PC version. They're going to do that anyway. Okay, that's fine. But don't tell them, yes, it's for sure going to happen, because then if you don't deliver, people will remember that and that won't be good for them. Um, so, I'm fine with them saying they're committed to it, but they're not going to make a like a guarantee that it will be on PC, but I still think it is in the plans. It will be on PC after it actually comes out, which probably won't be until maybe 2019 because I guarantee that this version coming out in the spring may get pushed further out into 2018, but the PC version, maybe we won't see that till 2019. But that's just my thoughts. Uh, Mr. Lugo, you have some thoughts? Yeah, here's the thing. I'm with you on that regard where it doesn't bother me what they said. 
I think that they're, uh, one, they're trying to temper expectations, but also there might be things going on behind the scenes related to the console stuff, maybe exclusive content or other stuff that we don't know about yet. That they probably don't want to commit or come out and say that a PC version is coming out, and then obviously maybe muddle things up behind the scenes with that. Because keep in mind, once a PC version of this game comes up, there's going to be mods, there's going to be other stuff, very similar to GTA 5 or any of the other Rockstar games that have come out on PC. That's just the way it is, that's just the nature of the culture. And I think they understand that, and I think obviously they don't mind that, it's very important, that's a very important part of that scene in that community that loves those games on PC. However, they want to make a big push on the home consoles. They're going to make a big push, obviously, on the PlayStation 4. I'm pretty sure on the Xbox One X or the Xbox One in general. That's going to be their bread and butter, first and foremost. And I think that's what we're going to hear about for a long time. And it won't be until maybe long afterwards when we finally hear about Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out on PC. You can see you can see a lot of parallels between this and a lot of what's going on with Destiny 2 and some of the other games that have been announced for PC, or at least been talking about coming to PC, when their primary focus has always been on the consoles. That's just like feels the nature of the beast. Very good points. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, Dana, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, the thing was is that if you um, looked at the quotes and everything, it was very positive towards PC. So my takeaway from this is that it could easily be a dead rep, a Red Dead Redemption 2 on the line. Or it could actually be something that's going to happen rather recently and they're keeping everything under wraps. And they're not going to say anything until it's like a big surprise. Decide to release it, which either way for me is, is a positive thing. I don't want have to have a game that I'm expecting and anticipating and waiting for and you're saying that it's going to be released and you keep getting these pushback dates and they keep getting changed and we have a Kingdom's Heart situation on our hands. So for me, I think that this is all for the positive. We just have to be patient and wait and see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Patience is a virtue. So, you know, people need to, the PC players need to relax. If they have to play Red Dead, uh, you know, day one, well, they need to consider getting a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. Um, But I'm pretty sure it will come to PC in the future. But obviously, it's not a priority at the moment. You know, they need to make sure that they finish the game first. Then they can worry about, okay, well, now we need to make a PC version. But they've already announced it for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Let them focus on the consoles first and worry about the PC later. But... Yeah, that's pretty much the gist of what I was going to say. You had something else you wanted to add, Gary? Yeah, um, we all know that Rockstar made a fortune by, you know, getting people to buy the same game twice. Um, some people even three times. So um, what they'll probably do is, you know, they probably will announce this game for the PC as well. And then, you know, a lot of people who already bought it on the console are going to buy it again on the PC. So... Uh, yeah, Rockstar, they're going to be rolling in dough no matter what, no matter what they do. So, hey, kudos to them. They will be ro- rolling in dough, but I will say this. Um, in my opinion, the, the best place to play the, the Red Dead Redemption 2, at least until we know about PC, is PlayStation 4 because of the deal that they have with Sony. And I'm pretty sure that will lead to some type of exclusive uh, content for a little while, perhaps. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, we know it's coming to console. So for now, I think it makes sense for the devs to focus on the console. And then if the PC version is something that exists later, that's, that's totally fine for those. But yeah, 
it's, it is what it is. People just should, should be prepared for console finale, PC later. But good points all around. Uh, any other final thoughts before we uh, move on to the next topic? Not for me. Okay, so we're going to get now get into one of the, well, I believe this is the main topic for today, but obviously this discussion is going to be something that could last a little while. Uh, we know that earlier this year, when we went to the Microsoft conference, we saw that uh, during the Xbox conference, they, they talked about Minecraft, and you saw that they that now you're going to be able to cross-play on the Switch as well, as we saw a Nintendo Switch in the actual ad for Minecraft. So I believe that today's uh, particular discussion comes from something that has still been going on that, Gary, you wanted to dive into further. And that is the fact that, you know, Microsoft is still trying to get Sony on board for the cross-play stuff for Minecraft, and Sony is not budging at all. So, Gary, feel free to dive more into this topic as to what you think, uh, whether or not you think they're being petty by this decision, or what? just what are your overall thoughts on where we are at right now in this whole process? Um, th- this is a very complex discussion, and there's a lot of... Um, things to consider there's a lot of things to factor in um now are sony wrong from a business point of view i don't i don't think they're wrong for not wanting to because i can understand their position you know on why they don't want this to happen because they you know uh shouts to wesley because he actually sent me a dm about this as well um but yeah he um he said that sony worked very hard to get their player base and you know we know that last generation um sony had to kind of play catch up with what xbox was doing with all of their new online features and facilities you know xbox live was you know it was a phenomenon it it introduced a lot of new ideas you know to gaming and sony had to kind of play catch up with it and you know get on par with what xbox was doing to you know ensure that people would buy into the PlayStation Network, you know, online system and everything. And they've worked hard for that. And I agree, they, they definitely have. Um, and I guess, you know, now, they, now they're in, like, the driver's seat. You know, they are the top-selling console this generation. I, I guess they feel like, look, if you're not... If you don't have a PlayStation, you're not going to play with PlayStation people. You know, like, why should we allow you know other platforms to interact with our user base you know when we worked hard to build this um so i i can see it from you know from their point of view but you do also have to look at the grand scheme of things and look at where we where we're at in you know in the gaming industry right now um you know online gaming is a big thing now you have esports you know you have like People are making money off this. People are twitching. People are doing throwing tournaments. You know, getting paid to to play games and you know all that sort of stuff. And Minecraft is a huge online game. It has a huge community. So I, I do feel like it it stands out when Sony is like the only one to to refuse. You know, the the invite to Minecraft because you even have Apple. You have Apple. Like that's like. 
Microsoft's arch enemy, like number one right there. Like you have Apple, you have Nintendo, you have mobiles, and like you, you are everyone else, you know, that's accepted the invitation to the party. And, you know, Sony's the only one that said no. Um, it, it really does stand out and it, from the outside looking in, it makes them look bad, you know, for, for not allowing their user base to get in on that fun because maybe there are some PlayStation Minecraft players out there and they're like, we re- we really want to play this event. You know, we re- really want to see what it's about and, you know, interact with Minecraft players all around the world. But we can't like we now we have to get the game on a whole new platform if we want to get involved, you know, in in this event. So there's there's two sides to, you know, to look at it from. Um, I do feel bad for, you know, those Minecraft players who do only own the game for PlayStation and they want to play that event because, you know, now they obviously have to play it on a different platform. But from Sony's point of view, I can understand their thinking. But I think for this case, in you know, in particular, they should reconsider, I think, and try and work something out. Just, you know, just for this, you know, make it situational. Um, and for Rocket League, because that's like the number one most requested game. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. In the, in the case of Rocket League, I'm not sure because it's not Minecraft. You know, like Minecraft is clearly bigger. It's a bigger deal. But I mean, it would be good. Like I think for Rocket League, I mean, it's a popular game. Um, it would be cool. It's something that would be cool. But I can understand if Sony continues to turn that game specifically down um, because you know it's not Minecraft at the end of the day. So um, and. Rocket League got big from their platform. Let's remember that as well. Like Rocket League became a big deal on PSN. So they have that bragging right. They can say, look, we made this game hot in the first place. So, you know, you got to play this game here. Like, you know, so I can understand if they refuse um, the Rocket League thing. But for Minecraft, I think they should get involved, especially when you have Apple and all these big companies involved in it. But, um, yeah, let me know what you guys think, though. Uh, how about you go? Do you have any thoughts, Dana? Um, I think it was pretty much already said. You know, it's really unfortunate for the fans who want to play it on a different platform. But from a business standpoint, I don't think that they should, they should at all. I fine they're not being petty they're being business smart how about you mr Lugo? do you have any thoughts there finally you guys can hear me now right okay so yeah uh to be honest with you i mean it doesn't affect me as much i can understand that you know the minecraft community really 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 loves their stuff loves their creations and they love the ability to share their things all over the place. However, I mean, you gotta understand. You gotta understand. Like, there's there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that we just don't understand at all. That we just don't get. There's probably a lot of different tape that they have to kind of like get through a little bit in order to make these things work between the different platforms. So I think Sony's been a little bit stingy about it. I think everybody's been kind of open how they feel. Maybe so, but I don't know. I, I don't really don't understand like you know what's keeping them. 
from uh, actually doing so, or at least being part of it. You know, I can understand a little bit the logic of wanting people to remain on your own platform, remain within your own ecosystem. But when you got like such a crazy beast as Minecraft or anything open source that's on that same level, it goes beyond just the platforms that we get in the gaming industry. I mean, we go into mobile phones, we go into devices, other things, you know, the PC platform, all over the place. Minecraft is everywhere. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's as bad as what people might be making it, but again, there, there could be legit reasons why it might be so. Yeah, um, there could be more reasons. As you say, there's a lot more stuff going on behind the scenes we don't really know about. I, uh, w- w- one thing I will say is, uh, y- y- Gary, you made a lot of great points about the fact that, yeah, you know, you take a game like Rocket League that did was popular on PSN. So you would think, yeah, they should be open to at least that. But uh, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, I know at this point in time, as far as Minecraft is concerned, you know, Microsoft does own that uh, IP. So even if, you know, somebody buys it on Sony, Microsoft's still getting a cut of that, right? So um, either way, uh, you know, even if they don't agree to the cross-play stuff, I guess you could say that it, it really doesn't make a difference. You know, yeah, they should consider it at the very least because it would be good for everybody. But I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, I I saw someone in the, ch- in the chat said, uh, who cares about Minecraft? But there's a lot of people that care about that. I'm not one of the people that care about it. I will admit that much. But uh, it does have an audience. It does have a following. So for those that do care, it is unfortunate that they aren't able to play with other people who have other consoles. But, uh, I mean, hey, maybe in the future we'll find out more about that uh, as to why that particular decision wasn't made. But um, for now, the way I look at it, yeah, you know, Sony is doing well with everything else that they have out there. So um, maybe they don't really see the need to explore this option right now. But uh, I can't really tell you why. But uh, I just maybe they just don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, and, I, and I did see a lot of the conversations they had in the past about well, they have to worry about the audience. But the whole thing about it is that it's you know I really I mean I feel like that's still an excuse because anybody can do anything on any of the networks, whether it's uh, Xbox Live or whatever. Nintendo's uh, online or their little online program, which uh, I don't really I haven't heard too many positive things about. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but uh, it is unfortunate for those that want that feature, that they don't have access to it still at this point in time, but I'm pretty sure Sony ain't worried about that at the moment because they're doing good in so many other areas. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, Wesley was saying, um, like, what do you think if Sony forced Microsoft to pay them for access to you know their they're, you know, playing with their users and stuff, because then that way, you know, Sony would profit from from the move, and gamers would benefit because then they'd be allowed to, you know, play with other platforms. What do you think about that? Like, well, I think that if they force Microsoft to do that, Microsoft will not agree to that. Um, the thing about it is this, you know, I know that they've said, you know, if you know, Phil Spencer has said multiple times, you know, yes, you know. At one point, he had said that, well, they're not trying to catch up with Sony. And then when, we, when people try to press him for a question, then he will say, well, we still intend to do well. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think uh, they wouldn't agree to that deal because of the fact that they still do see Sony as competition. 
with PlayStation. Um, they know that PlayStation right now is the number one. They're at the top of the list. And, you know, we, we, we spoke last week that we believe that Nintendo moving into that number two spot, but that all depends on how they do with the hardware later on this year. But um, Sony is number one right now. So I feel Microsoft knows that they're nowhere near close to that spot. I don't know if they would be desperate enough to to do to agree to those terms and to pay Sony to have that to have access to that stuff on their platform. Um, but I, I just feel like at this point in time, I mean, I don't I don't really know. Microsoft, they I mean they, they very well could pay. You know, who knows? But I feel right now they're just focused on trying to make uh, convince people that the Xbox One X is what they need, and they they have their hands full trying to figure that out at the moment. So. They may not be concerned about Minecraft. Well, not concerned about these other games to that degree, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure because I'm not really an expert. But uh, Microsoft has a lot to worry about now. Uh, it, it, so this should be the, less, the least of their concerns with this particular situation. They have to worry about other things. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. And bouncing off of what you just said, you know, with Microsoft having to worry about other things, um victor you know i don't want it to feel like we're picking on you victor because i know you know um you know we we went back and forth with you a little bit last time but you know it was it, it was all in the name of love you know we all respect each other it's all good but victor just said um but why isn't sony trying to get a franchise that can be useful for the corporation as a whole rather than these third-party deals that can end or switch at any time now i just want to say like you can literally put Microsoft in that exact paragraph and like the question is still like, a, you know, a valid question. So like you could say, why isn't Microsoft trying to do that? Because they are in desperate need of franchises right now. So like, I, you know, I don't understand where that question came from, to be honest. Uh, I'll, well, I, I, I will say this real quick and then I'll throw it to Dana and JJ if they have anything to add. I just feel at this point that, uh, Microsoft, it, to me, they they made great attempts, you know, because I've always said this before. I am an Xbox fan. I mean, I like Xbox and I like PlayStation, but I, I, I really had a good time with the Xbox One when they had the games coming out like Sunset Overdrive. There's a lot of people that didn't buy that game uh, still to this day. And I think this all stems from with the way they initially introduced the system. When they told you it was about the entertainment, they didn't really emphasize the games. They just, they started to change that message later, but at that time, I felt that first impression left a bad impression that they are still trying to recover from some degree. So uh, the whole thing about the Sony trying to get a franchise to be useful for the corporation, my thing is, I think Sony already has those franchises. You know, everybody is looking forward to Uncharted. The Lost Legacy, that franchise by itself is a franchise that has done well. Naughty Dog, a phenomenal studio. Last of Us 2. I mean, they have a whole bunch of first-party titles, not just the third-party titles. They have a whole bunch of first-party titles that people actually look forward to. And then you look at a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, which continues to sell extremely well for the console. I think they have more than enough franchises that 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 is valuable to the brand as a whole. So... Right now, um, the question is for Microsoft. You know, the the issue that they have with the first party lineup is not something that's going to be solved right away. It's going to take time. Obviously, there was a lot of games that 
they are working on, but they didn't announce them at E3 this, this past year. We do know this because after that conference, they said, well, there's plenty of games they didn't want to talk about yet because they're very, very early in development. That's fine. But until we see those games, I think um, you got to be a little concerned about that stuff. Um, not to say that they're in doom or gloom. No, Xbox still selling. And I still believe the Xbox One X will sell when it actually comes out. People are still going to buy it. Those that are really diehard for Microsoft, those that decide to skip out on the S and wait for the X. Yeah, a lot of those people are still going to buy it. So it's not doom and gloom for Microsoft. I'm All I'm saying is that they need to do a better job of working on that first party lineup and making sure we have more titles outside of Halo, outside of the Gears, because, I mean, that's the same thing all the time. Gears and Forza, not saying they're bad games, but we need to see some diversity with the lineup. Uh, and while they have some stuff coming this year, I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, that's just my thoughts. You know, I'm not bashing Microsoft. I mean, as I said before, when we talk about companies on here, it's because we are fans. We want them to do well. And if, I, if you was to tell me how Microsoft did this year, did they do a good job this year? I would tell you, I, I, I wouldn't think so. A lot of people who, who I know, diehard Xbox fans, after they saw that Microsoft conference, they was not happy with that because they didn't feel like Microsoft did a good job on selling them, telling them why they need to get the X. And I agree with that 100%. Um, but I'm not going to say the show was horrible. Yeah, we saw a lot of great stuff, but the majority of what I saw in that conference was a lot of third-party titles. I didn't see any first party titles that really got like a huge focus forza seven yep but look at a game like crackdown three that should have got a lot more attention than it got at that conference and it just didn't get it because and you know when you look at when they open the show with metroid with, 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 with a metro and then you have this little small amount of time for crackdown not even a stage presentation i think yeah i think i would be concerned about that because that's a first party title but again they have work to do on that. I'm sure that they have some great stuff coming in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, as for Sony, I mean, we, we can't really criticize Sony when it comes to the game. This year, they delivered. It, I, I, hands down, you cannot, no one can say that they didn't deliver. Whether it was a third-party title or a first-party, I think they they had a lot to offer people. So you have to give them props, at least for that much. That, that's just my opinion, you know. So uh, I'm not sure yeah. if anybody anybody else had any other thoughts they wanted to share. <laughs> no, nothing comes to mind for me right now. We we said everything I wanted to say. Oh yeah, uh, how, how about you, Dana? Yeah, you basically said every single thing that I was gonna <laughs> say. No, you 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 are a thousand percent right. The show was great. The show was awesome. It really wasn't anything negative to say, and I'm gonna just you know piggyback on, on what you already said by saying I agree. And the one thing I will add is that I, I actually am getting I actually do plan to get an Xbox One X also. So it's not like I... Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad... Well, say what? We'll no, say what? yeah. At the end of the... Like, you know, we get Xbox Ones and we get PCs but overall, you know, not PC, uh, PlayStation 4, but overall, you know, so there's nothing negative you could say about that whole Sony situation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and and I will say, yeah, I um, I still am going to get an Xbox One X. You know, I don't really, I mean, obviously, yes, it's a new console. I think you you can be excited for the new console, but you know, will I get it at launch? I I mean, I don't really see a reason to get it right right away. Now, maybe next year that'll change with Microsoft announces a couple of other games that 
I'm looking forward to or that I don't know about that I'm interested in. But uh, I just, I, I mean, I don't really think it's something that I would need to rush out and get immediately um, if the lineup is not there. Now, Cuphead, I've already pre-ordered Cuphead. I'm getting that. That's going to be great. But uh, as for the other games, I mean, Crackdown, I'm not really sold on that. You know, Agents of Mayhem will be out in two weeks. To me, that is the game that is that I, I think I'll have more fun with than Crackdown. But again, we'll see. All of that can change. But that's all I wanted to say. I didn't want to give a, no rants on <laughs> Microsoft, Sony. But yeah, you got to give Sony props about uh, what they have done so far this year. You, you could say, yep, a lot of those games, some of them are third-party titles, but again, the content is there, so no one can't say that they didn't deliver. We've said in the past, when they had the scarce lineup, yes, we called them out on this very show, but we can't say that about them, because they delivered this year. Um, so, gotta give them props when, 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 it's, when, 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 when props are due. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, so any final thoughts from anybody before we wrap up today's show? No, I'm good. All right, so that concludes our show for this week. <laughs> I saw Victor said I got too excited. I don't think, man, I'm just, I'm just talking knowledge. I don't think I'm too excited. But yeah, oh, we thank you all. You, you have great energy. That's not too excited energy. Yeah, I, I have, I have energy all the time. <laughs> Not just today. Microsoft is sucking right now. Yay, PlayStation. Oh well, I I, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll 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 see what happens. We'll get Microsoft the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I am looking forward to Cuphead. I'll say that much. But uh, yeah, we'll Cuphead. see. We'll, we'll see what else they have coming forward. But uh, that concludes our show for today. Uh, we definitely want to give a shout out to uh, all the Patreon subscribers, as well as the people who actually won the contest. So. Uh, Gary, how about you let us know who actually won the Sonic Mania giveaway that we uh, just ended this past week? Yep, so drum roll. It's a weak <laughs> drum roll. Um, thank you, Dana. Yeah. Um, so the winners are um, Mauricio Aguilar is the first winner. So congratulations to Mauricio. And the second winner is Mr. Fergus Mills. So congrats to Fergus Mills. Those are the winners. Yes, congrats to both. Um, and for those that did not win, uh, as, I, as I always say, don't worry because there are going to be a lot more giveaways. I said uh, last week that... Um, you know, I was surprised that the Uncharted Lost Legacy didn't win the giveaway because I figured that that was the bigger game this month. But Sonic, you can't deny Sonic is definitely deserves a lot of attention. So I'm glad that Sonic won. But as for uh, Uncharted, you know, perhaps we will give it away in the future. Uh, I, I definitely would like to encourage everybody to check out the website because you never know what might appear on that site uh, in terms of giveaways. And sometimes you may want to announce it on the podcast and we may not be able to do so but you might want to check the site within the next two weeks because there very well may be an announcement you know and then of course if there is an announcement and it does extend for a period of time then i will announce on the next co-op that uh yeah you know you should check out that contest but definitely stay tuned to the website because we have a lot of great stuff coming 
So uh, for final shout outs, uh, Dana, you have any final shout outs you would like to give? Uh, yeah, just want to say, keep playing games. It's going to be a, a big, what is it, October coming up. So excited for that. Excited for what's coming out. Excited to share more previews and reviews and events with you guys. So yay, excitement. Mario Odyssey. Woohoo! Yes, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Lugo, any final words or shout outs? Just thank you to everybody that's been checking out all the stuff on the website, who's been checking out all the videos. Uh, I have been posting up a lot of interview videos lately over the last like, week or so. We have a new interview with uh, Joel Kutzkorn, who used to work over at uh, Silicon Era and Gama Sutra. He did a book that he wrote on Undertale recently, where me and him had a whole big discussion about the game as well as the book and the release of it. So definitely, if you haven't checked that out already, I really encourage you to do so. Thank you to everybody who left comments and also uh, any sort of impressions on the different interviews I did for the game. Oh, was it the Gamer Gauntlet news? The controversy that happened not too long ago. I was able to at least get that exclusive for us, and it was really cool to see these people talking about it or at least sharing it around and checking it out. So that was really, really dope. And of course, obviously, big word up and big shout outs to the patrons, uh, supporters. We appreciate your guys' patronage. We appreciate your guys' support. Thank you a bunch. Hopefully, you guys keep doing uh, keep on supporting us over time so we can keep bringing you guys some great content. We have more stuff planned over the horizon. We got some interesting projects, which I'm kind of involved over. I'm kind of germinating and kind of working on right now. Hopefully, some stuff I get to share with you guys within the next week or so. Hopefully, at least, you know, if things pan out great. So, thank you again. Keep it up. Absolutely. And uh, once again, I want to give a shout out, special thanks to all the Patreon supporters, as well as uh, the people who have been watching the show live today. Uh, shout out to Miguel, Victor, um, and all the other people that I see in the chat. Oh, yeah. Wesley also. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out as always. Thank you all for checking out the show. And uh, Gary, the floor is now yours. Yep. So, of course, as always, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. That's M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelo and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. Um, we appreciate your patronage and um, we thank you for your support. Um, and definitely consider supporting if you enjoy the show. And you know, in return, we uh, you know we give people we we give people a higher chance of winning our giveaways because they get more entries, you know, more tickets into the giveaway and stuff like that. And we're also working on, you know, some extra content to give you guys um, who do support us on Patreon as well. So thank you very much for all of your support. And thanks to everyone in the chat who interacted with us today and, you know, everyone else who listens to the show and checks out the coalition on a regular basis. Uh, we appreciate everyone. Absolutely. Thank you all, and we will talk to everybody next week. Peace.